Now let's get a look at the bigger picture. Jill Malandrino is with us, Global Markets Reporter of the NASDAQ. Thanks so much for being with us, Jill. We'll have lots to discuss from commodities, Powell, treasuries and such. But I am curious to hear your thoughts on Biden, sanctions, the market. Um, that's something that you were following. Yeah, of course, um, it's something that we're following. And I, I really think it's going to be anyone's guess to see exactly how these financial sanctions will play out um, as it pertains to Russia. And of course, Nicole, it's all adding to inflationary pressures that we're seeing in the commodity space, whether it's the softs or the hards or to you know, the energy space, uh, to, as to what Ben was saying before. But what we really focus on here um, is new home sales. We got that data that came out this morning. And for February, it, it showed that it declined by 2% versus analyst estimates of up half a percent. Uh, we also saw that January numbers were downwardly revised uh, to 788,000 from just over 801,000. Median price was down to 400,600. It was at 427.4. So I think we have to start asking ourselves, why are we seeing a decline in home sales, not just from the rate, but also in terms of the median price? Again, it all comes back to rates, of course. They're surging, too. I took a look at rates for a $500,000 home purchase with 20% down, 30-year fixed. It was at 4.7%. In fact, the average rate on the popular 30-year fixed hit 4.72% just yesterday morning, moving 26 basis points higher since just Friday. This is according to Mortgage News Daily. Most estimates at the end of the uh, last year had the average 30-year hitting about 4.5% by the close of 2022. But with the war in Ukraine, rising oil prices and inflation, it's all lit a fire under uh, interest rates. At about this time last year, 2021, rates were about 3.45%. So, so to see them higher by over um, a you know, full percentage point in that short of a time um, it is pretty astounding. Keep in mind that Fed fund futures suggest traders are anticipating more aggressive rate hikes ahead. They now see the federal funds rate rising to two and a quarter to about two and a half by the year end. That's higher than the 1.9% uh, suggested by Fed forecast just last week. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, it wasn't long ago that we saw rates at 3.68, then they went to 3.9, now at 4.7, to your point. Um, and a house is still well above 400000 even though the amount of sales, right, is now, um, it, it dropped, right, about 6% roughly. So we are seeing the consumer feeling that pinch. They're feeling the pinch at the gas pump, too. We were just talking about the recent build that we got from the, uh, I'm sorry, the draw that we got from the EIA and with oil on the rise, they're filling it at the gas pump. It doesn't seem to be given up anytime soon. Right. You know, it's interesting. I read an article this morning out of the journal talking about the cost of coming back to work. And someone had reported he's spending $50 a day between buying lunch gas to get to the train station, then of course a train ticket, which makes sense. I mean, if you're in New York City, you're looking anywhere easily, 10 to 15 bucks for lunch, then you have your parking and your train ticket. And if you're outside of the city, you know, that could easily be 20 to $30 a day, $250 a week if you're coming in those five days a week. Although I would imagine probably mostly on a hybrid model, uh, like the majority of us are in, in the professional fields. Um, and it, it gets expensive. So you have to ask yourself, we know supply in the overall system remains historically low, whether you're looking at housing, commodities, um, grocery purchases and so forth. But you have to start wondering, Nicole, what about demand destruction? When do consumers at some point say we simply can't afford it? Or are they going to start adjusting their purchases from goods 
into more service-oriented sectors. And same thing when you think about that as well. We've seen what's happened with airline tickets, car rentals, um, hotels, cruises, maybe not cruises as much, but destination services type of consumer buying activity. At some point, the consumer is just going to be like, okay, enough is enough. And then you have to worry about demand destruction, which is something entirely different than the supply side uh, and the inflationary pressure. So, you know, we heard this week um, out of the Fed, Powell's looking at 50 basis points. I'm not quite sure how much of a surprise that was. We saw the market really digest this uh, pretty consistently. But, uh, you know, really, it, it, rate hikes aren't going to be the only thing that's going to taper inflation, right? It's all going to come back to getting the supply uh, chain back online. Labor pressure, of course, too. We know what's happening with wages. We know that's something that's not transitory. We know that's something that's going to cut into margins. So I think we're kind of in the perfect storm right now of moving past the, the type of inflation we're seeing now. And it just has to work its way through the system, regardless of interest rate hikes. And I think as people are facing all these higher costs, a lot of these companies, some companies are trying to woo talent um, by offering them bonuses or stay home days or whatever, all kinds of perks to try and get talent to be at their place. Because a lot of folks don't want to go in five days a week, because to your point, um, you know, it's very costly. And plus, they've gotten comfortable doing the work at home. What are the final thoughts here as we look ahead and see the market that just really, even though it gives it a go, still can't bounce back? Not in January, not in February, and not in March. Well, we're seeing a little bit more activity to the upside in March. And of course, everyone's asking, is this a bear market rally? A couple of strategists I have on still think this is a continuation of the bull market rally that we've been enjoying over the past two to three years. Um, but, you know, one guy that I spoke with yesterday had said, Jill, at some point we get panic fatigue. We're dealing with inflation. We're dealing with interest rates. Of course, geopolitics has really been the key headlines over the past four weeks. We're in this absence for the most part when it comes to corporate earnings as we've passed that uh, season at this point. So when you're in that vacuum of corporate earnings and something to tangibly focus on, then you're, you're in this cycle of what's happening with the headlines from a macro perspective. And to the strategist's point yesterday, he said you just get to a point where there's panic fatigue. We know money managers aren't paid to sit in cash, so they have to put their cash somewhere. Where are you going to put it? In U.S. equities, look for those dividend payers that will at least get you some income, but they have to put their money somewhere. So I think we've seen a lot of institutional money uh, come off the sidelines because, of course, you're not paying fees for, for them to sit in cash. You know, that, that's, we can kind of handle that strategy on our own. Yeah, it's good to see you, Jill. Thank you so much for all that. A great discussion. Appreciate it. Jill Malentrino of the NASDAQ. Thanks.